the 200 level episode 241 mike carpenter in the basement what is a very big night for illinois sports we're about to start the second half illinois leading 41 to 30 at williams arena but somehow this game may get overshadowed by the news from illinois football brett bielma is getting rid of tony peterson after one season so uh, along with isaac ambrose and trevor valise we will talk about that and of course if you're in the twitch chat feed be sure to Share your thoughts as well. And Trevor Valise just joined us. Isaac Ambrose is on the horn as well. Uh, Isaac, we'll get to football in a bit. We'll take the timeouts to talk uh, football unless this becomes a total blowout. But first off, with this Illinois basketball team back after 13 days, initial thoughts. How are you feeling? We don't look like we had that long of a break, I would say. And it looks like they got some rest. I haven't seen anything sluggish. The turnovers came towards the end of the first half, so it wasn't like you start off the game really sloppy. And if you avoid that couple-minute terrible turnover stretch, which I know this team seems like they're never going to be able to avoid a couple bad minutes like that, if you were able to avoid that, you could possibly be up 20 right now at halftime. Second half is... Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry yeah. to interrupt. And the second half is underway with a easy Kofi 2, and we got 19.45 to go. You, you mentioned that kind of... Uh, couple minutes I actually checked I think it clocked out to be about four minutes and 56 seconds where you turn the ball over four times and did not have a field goal and yet you closed pretty strongly so overall you're right I mean after 13 days can't ask for much more it's a 43 to 30 lead Illinois gets a turnover maybe DeMonte taps it to Grandison who will lay it up and Illinois takes an early 45 to 30 lead Trevor Valise here is something I'm excited about strong second half starts. We saw it big time against Missouri. We're seeing it again right now up at Williams Arena. Yep, strong second half starts. I think, again, Grandison has been so reliable, so good, so consistent. Yeah, I just, every time he does something, I feel like he never does something wrong. Yeah. Kofi's dominating, which he should. Uh, uh, uh. Oh, so, okay, so this is Kofi. Who will lay it? Oh, he misses the layup. That's uncharacteristic. But oh you're right. My. Grandison has been, Trevor, <laughs> as reliable as as you could ask any player. An air ball here from Minnesota, so no harm, no foul. But you're, you're right, Trevor. I mean, Grandison, early this season in the exhibition games in the first few non-conference, I thought, man, he's playing at a crazy level. He had maybe a two or three game slip when the entire team did, in fairness. And then since then, he's basically good for 15 points, six, seven rebounds, uh, good defense. He is just really uh, – you can count on him. And last year, he was just a role player. He's much more than that this year. Well, I was going to say, and this is a guy who didn't play a minute against Purdue in a conference game last season. Yeah. Well, do you remember at Penn State last year was his uh, – coming out party so to speak minnesota misses that oh my god it went around the entire rim twice and if you guys recall i mean isaac do you remember the game at penn state last year where grandison came off the bench and gave you like i don't know 15 good minutes and we thought well he might be a a piece and then little did we know that when he was in the starting lineup beginning with iowa you wouldn't lose a game until at michigan state i think a month basically yeah I remember that was, I think, the first game where we were trying to think of Grandison-like puns because he had finally made some sort of impact that you definitely could title a podcast. Grandison, you know, Grandison. Because um, remember, we used to call him Standison, I think, because he didn't he really do that He just stood around, right? But <laughs> he, um, he's definitely just come so far, and he's he's turned into that glue guy. You don't really see him make the wrong decisions. Ever. All right, so this is a an 18-footer from Curry, and that goes in and out. So Illinois has not made a field goal in about a minute and a half, but it doesn't matter because Minnesota isn't making any either. It's a 15-point lead with 17.30 to go. Kofi down low again. No foul call. Then he misses a layup again, but he gets his board. He's going back up, and he makes it. And Good Lord. Is this going to be an and one? Yeah. Holy moly, guys. Um, A little bit of a scare in the first half. Kofi... Tweak the ankle, clearly not not anything major, but he looks just unstoppable. I mean, even when he misses a layup or two per game, he is the best player in the Big Ten. I mean, I, I watched Edie last night. He's a force to be reckoned with when he gets going, but I'm sorry. I, I, I cannot wait for that Purdue matchup. I think Minnesota is ranked 358th out of 360 teams in offensive rebounding. Yep, so that's right. This is definitely a matchup too, where you look at it and you go, yeah, this should be a game where Kofi gets 20 and 15. And now Curry, 
who is their only player six eight or above now has four fouls. Holy moly! So that's you know, there's one thing that Curry has done today, and that is make eighteen footers. Apparently, the second thing he's done is foul. I, I like the no call initially when he flopped, for lack of a better term, and they they got it down to three fouls now, Trevor. So I don't know if that was a um, mistake on the part of FS1 if it's three or four. Not sure. I swear they said four, but maybe they're wrong. All right, so here we go. It is 47 to 30. This is going to be an and one opportunity for Kofi with 17.27 to go. And one dribble. It is up. It is good. He is three for four from the line tonight, so he's sticking around that upper 60%, uh, close to 70% from the line, which I'll take from Kofi, Isaac. Yeah, and my favorite thing from Kofi so far, which we've seen a lot more this season, oh, a even though he's missed. Mm, tasty. He's, yeah. He's missed a couple easy shots this game, but his touch outside of four or five feet has gotten so much better. He uses the glass a lot better, and it is just un, it's just hard to fathom Whoa. how bad he was with footwork just a couple years ago. 50 to 30, easy take for Trent Frazier, a timeout by Minnesota. Illinois has outscored Minnesota 9 nothing to start this second half. Um, you know, I mentioned Trevor, the strong second half starts, but I, I got an even more like macro thought than that. And this goes back years. There is rarely a game at Minnesota where I don't feel like Illinois is going to win and actually win kind of comfortably. I mean, I think you could count on one hand in the last 20 plus years that they've lost up there. I, I can't recall many. Isn't that weird? I think Lon mentioned, cause we were going over the records on 93.5 and he said, Essentially, Illinois has an above 500 record at the barn all time, which when you consider that, I don't think hardly any road teams in what you would consider a decent venue have an above 500 record, especially in a yeah. place like the barn that's been around as long as it has. So to that point, I feel like, I mean, just the last few years alone, I think last year was like, what, 95 to 60 something in the home opener against them. Io gets this triple double against them on the road. I mean, you have dominated Minnesota, and now you're up 20 again here with a 9-0 run to start the second half. Did you guys pick out the start of the game? Who's who's doing play-by-play, Trevor? Do you know who's doing it with Bardo? Corey Provis. Okay, He's Corey. the Minnesota Twin radio announcer, and he also fills in on BTN for Minnesota stuff. The, the first lines of the broadcast were, a rival, a Big Ten rivalry renewed. And I'm like, what? It is? I Okay. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Okay, so real quick, guys, before we get into a little bit of this Tony Peterson conversation, which I think we can intersperse throughout this um, broadcast. I mean, right now, Illinois is up 20, at the first, not even the first media timeout. Um, but real quick, DP Doe online at dpdoe.com. They deliver anywhere in Champaign-Urbana. On Thursday night when it is zero degrees outside and you don't want to go anywhere, you can stay inside, order a piping hot calzone from DP Doe, and let them deliver to you in time for the Illinois-Maryland game at 6 p.m on Thursday night. That's dpdo.com. We'll hit the other sponsors along uh, along the way here. But the news breaks that Tony Peterson is out as Illinois offensive coordinator. And I do recall after two years when Garrick McGee was fired and I thought, wow, you know, credit to Lovey Smith for making that move. I think it was the right move. Um, but this after one year, it's one of those moves, uh, Isaac, where I think you would not have faulted Brett Bielema for keeping him around for another year. But the fact that he just said, no, wait, we can win right now. And one thing that was holding us back from a bowl game this year, actually the thing that held us back from a bowl game this year was a bad offense. I absolutely love the aggressiveness here. And also the fact that clearly he's got, he's bankrolled by this athletic department, Josh Whitman, to go out there and spend some money on a good offensive coordinator. Yeah, he definitely we we were talking about this right before we started restreaming and i would have been totally fine i mean it wouldn't have been my favorite thing to think about another season with tony peterson but you saw times where the offense worked and it's kind of like how Nagy has gotten you know more years than he probably should have because he's had weapons and you see the flashes or i i i, I mean Nagy has not had the weapons so he's kind of got a little bit more grace who did Peterson have this year, you know, like there was there was some games that you were able to to put something together, but there was way too many times where the defense was keeping you around and the offense just couldn't get it done when you just needed seven points or take four minutes off the clock. I mean, I think about the Maryland game. I think about the 
um, Purdue. It was like when you needed points, you didn't get them. Yeah, and, and I think that's a good point. You mentioned the grace that Nagy has gotten. And, I mean, a 12-win season in your first year will do that. Uh, here's a three from Trent. It is up. It is good. So he had zero sh- uh, field goal attempts, apparently, in the first half, as you pointed out, Isaac. And so far, he is two for two in this half, a layup and a three-pointer, 53-32. to 32. Um, and Trevor, I want to get you in on this. You know, in, in to Isaac's point, it is true that there were not a ton of weapons on this offense compared to some other Big Ten teams, perhaps. But I think it was the fact that even though there wasn't a lot, you really just want to feel like the coordinators are doing the most with whatever they have. We we clearly got that from Ryan Walters and a defense that lost some key guys, but improved and was a top half of the Big Ten defense. But it was the complete inverse of that on offense. So I think there is a balance here. You know, Brett Bielema recognized that maybe there wasn't a lot in terms of weapons on this offense, but there was enough to be better than what they were. And the fact that that was enough, Trevor, to make the move makes me feel really good. Dunked by Kofi, by the way. (laughs) Yep, I'm in total agreement with you as Kofi now just rips down the rim again. I totally agree with you. I think a lot of the um, like overwhelmingly excited feeling I have for this, because it's weird, right, to be like, yes, he's fired. All right. Is, is, is partially due to the fact that we just saw such little um, self-evaluation in the Lovey era, right? And to your point, yeah, he let Garrick McGee go and Hardy Nickerson, like, quote-unquote, retired or whatever. But I just feel like we were so, um, I don't know, stained, tortured, whatever you want to call it, by the stubbornness of Lovey that this yeah. aggressive of a self-evaluation is just extremely comforting. It is, because you feel like everything is in place, and, and the transfer portal helps with this. Everything is in place for you to, why not win another five or six games next year? And also keep in mind, and I need to keep closer tabs on this, your non-conference opponents, which it looked a little bit scary during the season, whether that be Wyoming or Virginia again. Uh, but I believe there's been quite a bit of attrition on both of those teams to the transfer portal. So all of a sudden, those two games, which are both at home, look a little bit easier. And then you have a Big Ten West schedule. And yes, I mean, the Big Ten East does you no favors with Michigan and Michigan State. By the way, don't be surprised if Jim Harbaugh is your next Chicago Bears coach, which I would welcome with open arms. So uh, it, it seems to me, Isaac, that you know, despite a tougher schedule and the guys that you are losing – I have full faith that we are not going into next year as like a, a three and nine team. I think that we will see something similar to this year. And the difference between five and seven and seven and five is maybe just a serviceable offense. I think you're pretty guaranteed to play good defense, right? That's what most of the teams in your division do. So if you can just have a competent offense, which the pieces you're returning, I think you can do. You got Isaiah Williams, hopefully. Chase Brown's coming back and the running backs are deep. You need a receiver. That's for sure. You need to keep developing the offensive line. But Ryan Walters has done such a great job. You might only need 14 to 20 points to win seven games um, in the Big Ten West. So I I trust Bielma. We, he played well and competed in games this year where I thought he wasn't going to. And hopefully the Purdue situation, the – the end of the Maryland game. Hopefully those things are just maybe maybe he's shaking off some rust because he hadn't been a head coach in a while. This is an interesting thought from Bobo on the Twitch stream. Why not Nathan Shieldhouse? And uh, I think still the wide receivers coach up at Iowa State. We're seeing Iowa State under Campbell. They're kind of settling into that perpetual, you know, eight and four. He's maybe not quite the A-list coaching candidate for the Blue Blood jobs anymore. So it's going to become a question for Nathan Shieldhouse for upward mobility in this profession. What is his next move? I mean, Trevor, I that that's just a fleeting thought here from Bobo. But I mean, I look at that and think, why the hell not? But I also would understand the counter to that would be, we'll get a proven play caller. But I don't know. Tony Peterson kind of was the proven play caller, the old guard, and it didn't work. A fleeting thought from Bobo, by the way, an excellent title of <laughs> an upcoming album for someone. Ho- Hootie and the Blowfish. That's their fifth album of a fleeting. No, the County yeah, Crows. I'm fleeting sorry. thought from Bobo. <laughs> I like it though. But no, I mean, a. Go ahead. No, I, I like I like the idea. I think that you probably would want to go with a younger guy that can also give you some recruiting uh, push a little bit. I don't know. Well, I was just going to say, A, he sort of seems like a Ryan Walters mirror on offense. And I don't mean just appearance-wise, although they do they look, look alike. very similar. In that he's... 
Oh, sorry. But, but I mean, yeah. in the yeah. sense that they're both, you know, young, um, you have lots of years of them potentially. You know, you if it, it's a role, it's an upgrade for him, obviously. But uh, beyond all that, I just think, to your point, Shilaus is, first of all, I love Shilaus because like as growing up, you know, I was what, 13, 14 when he was like kicking butt. So that it's just be fun to have him back. I don't know that he makes this move. And maybe I'm wrong. You guys can say whether or not you agree. I don't feel like he makes this move this aggressively if he doesn't at least have some indication of interest or someone in mind. It just doesn't seem, you know, you're going out on a limb to say, okay, I've already made a mistake and here's who I have to recover from that mistake. So it feels to me like, you know, I'm just hypothesizing here, but it seems to me like Beal might have an idea of who he'd want. And to me, that seems like the kind of guy that would be perfect. Great minds think alike, Trevor. On the Twitch stream, Alani Mike had the same thought. I, I would have to think that Bielma does not make this move without any weeds on a better replacement. And hopefully we hear something soon. I, I, I would agree, Alani Mike, that this would probably be something that would happen within, I don't know, even a week. Or unless it's one of those things where when you post the job, you got to wait X amount of time. Not entirely sure about that for a coordinating job. All right, so it is 58-34 to 34 with 14.30 to go. Kofi is just having a monster game. Go figure. And another, he misses that one, Kofi, Kofi. But a rebound for DeMonte, a three up and... Oh, I thought I was going to go in for Trent. Grandison, keeping the board alive. Trent wants another three. No, he does not. We're going to reset it with 14.10 to go. As they do, a quick reminder, the 200 level is brought to you by 4th and Kirby. Online at 4thandkirby.com. A new hoodie in time for the rest of this basketball season. Long three from Trent is up. No good. Um, you can get that online at 4thandkirby.com along with t-shirts and crewneck sweatshirts for the rest of the Illini basketball season. 4thandkirby.com. Long three up and no good for Minnesota. It is a 24 point Illinois lead. They're doing to Minnesota what they did to Missouri, and this Minnesota team is a heck of a lot better than that Missouri team, so I'm overall encouraged by that. Okay, um, let's keep having this football conversation, Isaac, because it's it's nice to watch a game and not really worry about it. Here's Kofi, a foul. He'll go with the line again. Uh, so we can have this conversation, and I'm thinking in terms of, if not a Nathan Shieldhouse, is there a, a template or a model of what kind of offensive coordinator you would want to see here? Like what, what boxes would you want the next offensive coordinator to check off? Um, especially relative to what Tony Peterson had. I think in comparison to Tony Peterson, and I don't know how you guys felt, but I sort of felt like Peterson was trying to, he was trying almost too hard to mix sort of a spread it out type deep ball offense, mixing that with, some games we would just run the ball 40, 50 times. And obviously you want to be able to do both, but you look at Bielma's teams with Wisconsin and they were the same type of offense every year he was there, right? I mean, yeah. they did have some good receivers when he was there, but it was more end around and then, you know, take a deep shot after you've ran the ball a bunch of times. I want, I'll, I'll say this, and I think this is why Ryan Walters was so great because he was consistent, right? We didn't go from 15 points a game to 45 points given up like I want a coach that's going to score at least 17 to 20 points a game and isn't getting stopped for the second and third quarter I mean look at the Minnesota game Mm -hmm. if the defense lets up one or two times you lose like the offense scored right away and they didn't score the rest of the game so I think consistency and just having more of an identity you know and I, I will be interested to see the quarterback position the DeVito kid from Syracuse I mean, if he's healthy, I guess he's an upgrade. A, a lot of guys, I think, are an upgrade over Brandon Peters. You know, to the point about Brandon Peters, though, as bad as he was this year, that also goes back to the coordinator. I mean, maximize the guys around you, play to their strengths. And it seemed like a lot of the things that Rod Smith kind of figured out late in 2019 with Brandon Peters, you know, Tony Peterson was not doing that. And if anything, he wasn't giving him enough chances to make throws. So uh, it, it's exciting. It, it's really cool, Trevor, to watch this game. And right now, 59 to 34. They're trying for the alley-oop. They do not get it up far enough, so not a great pass from Trent. Uh, Minnesota with the ball here, 12.55 to go. Interesting lineup for Illinois. We got Hawkins and Payne in there as Kofi gets a breather. Um, But Trevor, uh, okay, missed three from Minnesota. They can't buy a bucket. Four points so far the second half with 12.40 to go. Isn't it nice, Trevor, to just sit back on a Tuesday night, watch Illinois kick ass in basketball, and have a conversation about a football program that you feel is in, on solid footing and is maybe a good coordinator away from going bowling in year two? Oh, I love this. This is There's nothing better than the relaxed feeling, especially in a game that matters. Because, I mean, sure, 
we can all have a relaxed feeling watching St. Francis while we're wrapping a present or something and be like, this is nice. But mm-hmm. it's always nice, especially on the road, to just ha- have this level of distance where, you know, the amount of stupid things that would have to happen won't even upset me because you're so far ahead. I don't even know what to complain about right now. Omar Payne is having good minutes. <laughs> Hell is frozen over. I don't know what to say. I would venture to say this is the best night of the year. But you well, through so the four far. nights so far, yeah, this, this is definitely January fourth is the best day so far in 2022. You know what's what's good about I say good about this <laughs> when the news came out on was it just yesterday or the day before? I think it was just yesterday when Brad Brad Underwood had his press conference and said ten guys had COVID. I've never been so happy to hear 10 guys had COVID. It just tells me, okay, wait a second. We might actually have an advantage as the rest of the season goes on where it won't be Illinois that is causing a game to get postponed. It'll be other teams. And and when it comes down to the stretch run, I feel more comfortable that, okay, uh, DeMonte was going for the float or alley-oop, I'm not sure. Anywho. Uh, but Isaac, it's just a weird position to see a, a headline that COVID all over the place and think, yes. We got it. It's like a chicken pox party back when you're in kindergarten. We, we got it out of the way, it feels like. And I think I was texting you, Carp, earlier, just sort of, we got this uh, knock on wood, easiest part of our Big Ten schedule, probably. And that's when you are maybe going to have some COVID fatigue or COVID problems, which it doesn't seem like that's happening right now. Yeah. But the rest of the season, and then if you get a team like Purdue, who I don't really think has had COVID problems yet, you get a team like Purdue um, or Michigan or Wisconsin, uh, that later on in the year, it might really affect them. So if you're going to take a positive, yeah, from everybody, hopefully nobody was super sick, but it's it's nice that they're all back and nobody seems to be, you know, super impaired by it. For the, uh, we've had some buffering issues, which is probably my internet. So what I did was I, I turned off the Twitch stream on my computer. It's still on the phone. I don't know if either one of you guys wants to uh, monitor the Twitch stream to see if we get any goodies from Bobo or or Pick Apart or or Line Eye Mike. I don't know if uh, God, what was the one name that I really liked that's been in this Twitch stream quite a bit? It has something to do with poop or something. Um, no, Fart Mountain. It was Fart Mountain. That's who. Um, yeah, if one of you guys <laughs> wants, to, <laughs> wants to monitor that, before we get too far ahead of ourselves, I got to remind you that uh, the 200 level is brought to you by Rector Construction. For any home exterior project, Rector Construction, that's online at RECTORConstruction.com. You know, it might be cold right now, but these guys can basically do stuff throughout the year. So don't let the cold weather fool you. Go on to RECTORConstruction.com today to get a free estimate for any home exterior project. That is REC. T-O-R-Construction.com. Okay, uh, as oh. we settle into the last 12 minutes, Trevor, you had something there. Sorry, bud. I was just checking that lovely Michigan score where they're down almost 20 at Rutgers. They are not going to make the NCAA tournament. They aren't. Oh. They aren't. How They got to win some games. Right now, they don't have a resume to get in, and it's not like they're going to turn this around when they start playing good Big Ten teams. I have no faith in that. And I'm not saying that because Juwan Howard annoys me. They are just not, they're a team without a point guard. The freshmen aren't playing as good as they thought they would be. The one transfer who's a scoring machine is very inconsistent. Um, I think people really underestimated Mike Smith and Isaiah Livers and freaking Franz Wagner as if they you can just replace that. And Shondi Brown, too. He was like their sixth man of the year. Right. So it seemed like no, a miscalculation. Right. It seemed like a miscalculation when the polls came out, Trevor, that they were as high as three. And this is the funny, you know. Listen, I love the fact right now that Illinois is unranked. I really do. I will carry that as long as we need to, and just let the quality wins speak for themselves. Bracketology usually has us around a five seed. I think we'll play our way into a four, if not a three. I mean, God, the way we're playing, guys, I don't even know. We're kicking everyone's ass right now, Trevor. Like this is a really good Illinois team. Yeah, and whoever wins the Big Ten is going to get, you would assume, right, like a two at worst. Um, Not that the Big Ten is super high and mighty. We've already seen some strange results and some mediocre teams. But, you know, if you win or finish top two or three, you don't get bounced in the first game of the Big Ten tournament. There's no reason why this team should be lower than, well, on a four seed. I mean, but I'm, I'm just randomly throwing that out there. But, yeah, I mean, to your point, this is sort of the interesting thing about Michigan is that for so long... They were the team that got the three-star guy from Belgium, the two-star guy from wherever, and Beeline was so good 
that he made it work. And it was the most annoying freaking thing ever, even though I didn't personally have a reason to hate, you know, John Beeline's Michigan teams. But now they, they switch from the, I don't know what you want to call it, like the Wisconsin way in football, right? They switch from getting the fullback you've never heard of who beats you. Now they're getting the five-star guy who's got offers from Alabama. And sometimes that doesn't work, at least not immediately, as well as, you know, the glue guys, the chemistry team, if you will. So that was something that I sort of initially thought is, okay, so now they're getting dirty. I mean, I'm not accusing <laughs> them, but let's be real here. You know, you know now, now they're going to play dirty for the five-star recruit instead of get the guy from Switzerland no one's heard of. And I'll be interested to see how that works out. And I'm not calling them dead yet, but it's not looking good. Nice take from Coleman Hawkins right here. 61-36 to 36, Illinois. So again, six points is all Minnesota has scored. We are over halfway through this second half. I also love how quickly this game's going. It's 7.25 p.m. Central Time. This game's going to get over like 7.50, a shade under two this hours. It's beautiful. Uh, but yeah, you know, Isaac, you are our uh, Michigan correspondent. You have ties back to the great state of Michigan. I, I was telling you guys how I ran in Ann Arbor the day, two days after Christmas and ran by Chrysler Arena. And in their grand entrance, they have this video on loop of them hoisting the Big Ten championship banner last year. Isaac, with the connections you have, have you been able to dig in a little bit and have some fun at the expense of Michigan fans after getting shellacked in the bowl game? And a great year for Harbaugh. I mean, I got no no issues with him. And then now a basketball team that just sucks. I mean, it's not even that they're playing, uh, they aren't reaching their full potential. I just think they might be a bad, ba- at this point, might just be a bad basketball team. Yeah, so I, I sort of like to take my subtle digs um, at, at good times. So last year, obviously, after the Big Ten tournament, and then uh, probably this year after we play them in a couple of weeks, I might just tweet something out, like a little sub-tweet sort of thing. But no, I definitely won't won't let Michigan fans hear the end of it. And I'm, I'm more excited than anyone to see them struggle and to see Illinois dominate them. I definitely got into some heated arguments about the Big Ten regular season champ last year, especially since Michigan was the only team that benefited from not playing games. So, and Juwan Howard, I just can't stand him. The fact that he said what he said to Turgeon and didn't get in trouble at all is <laughs> ridiculous. So, Threatened to murder um, him. <laughs> this is, yeah. It's good to have Illinois basketball back, and I'm hoping maybe in football we could have another game like we did back when, I think, was it Shieldhouse or Juice when they went to two overtimes and ended up winning by one or whatever? Uh, Shieldhouse and Juice. Um, when, when they played Michigan at the big house. Well, if you're thinking the triple overtime game, I was there, and that was a 65-63 Michigan win. Rich Rod. Oh, shoot. Yes. Now, now, granted, Ron Zook almost went 3-0 and against uh, Rich Rod. He beat them in 08, and that was when Juice went crazy at the big house. He won like 45-20. to The next year, Illinois was like 2-6. and Halloween. Halloween, yeah. And Terry Hawthorne had a tackle on what would have been a sure Michigan touchdown, and then had a return touchdown too. Is that right, Trevor? I think that was how it shook out. I forget. Um, yeah, he had the the shoestring tackle where you stopped him four times from the one. And right. And he had, I think, a punt, a punt return or a kick return. You know, the, that that day, it's funny, Trevor, because Michigan was in town, so that should have been the focal point. But it was also game five of the World Series between the Yankees and the Phillies. So, like, I had my Yankees garb on and... And I was just like, eh, whatever, let's go to the football game. We kind of suck this year. And that was one of the more genuinely enjoyable football games that I've seen there. Because it was also, if you recall, and people always joke about me remembering the weather, it was a beautiful Halloween day. It was like sunny and 50 yep. degrees out. Yep, and it was 2.30, so then everyone was able to get out to go trick-or-treat by like 5. I finally remember that game. That was a very fun game. It, it was a hey, game. Can I say? Oh, yeah, go, Isaac. I was just going to say one more Michigan tidbit, Michigan state. I've, I mean, I've watched them play plenty of times just this year and just keeping up with them. And I have a few buddies that are big MSU fans. They're up to number 10 right now. They are not because we're technically what 26. They are not 16 spots better than you. I'm sorry. Like this, I think Illinois is just playing well, really well right now. And Michigan state has basically just beaten everybody on their schedule. That wasn't, I think Kansas and Baylor. Michigan, so, yeah, I, I don't th- like so. Just the fact that you're 16 spots behind them, and even Ohio State, I don't think Ohio State's 
you know, 13 spots better no, than you. It's just, no, no, no. it's weird how the rankings work. But like you said, Carp, I'm, I'm fine staying unranked and on that border because we seem to play better. Yeah, as a team that doesn't have the target on its back. And what I also love about the way the schedule shakes out is, I mean, if you want to call these warm-up games, I'm, I'm not going to say that, you know, Maryland on Thursday is going to be a gimme. They competed for the most part at Iowa last night. And they get an extra day off uh, compared to you. And then Nebraska next week, we saw, I mean, Ohio State, I don't think is great, but they're still good. And it took them overtime to beat Nebraska. So, you know, I'm not going to say that any of these games are going to be easy, but good Lord, Illinois right now is playing the best ball of any Big Ten team. They just are. Now, to the Michigan State thing, Trevor, you know, I watched them against Northwestern. That is a Northwestern team that I have no idea. Um, they were, they're doing their annoying thing where they win a lot of non-conference games. And then people think that Chris Collins might actually get them back to the tournament. He won't. Uh, but nonetheless, it took a lot of, uh, a lot of effort for Michigan state to get that win, but they still look good to me. They look like a pretty balanced Michigan state team, Trevor. And I don't know if they're going to be there at the very end of it, but they look to me to be a shoe in for top four finish easily. Um, well, I say that. I don't know, Trevor. How do you see the? How do you see it shaking out? Because right now, I think the top tier in the Big Ten would be Illinois and Purdue, and then I think just below that would be Michigan State, Ohio State, and Wisconsin in some order. Yeah, I, I might sneak Michigan State into that top top three. Yeah. I don't think that, before you corrected yourself, I would say you didn't need to, and that they will finish top four. I don't think they won't. Um, I think the one thing. They have proven, because Isaac is right in the sense that the way the AP poll sets up, if you are ranked to start and then you don't lose right off the bat, you're going to be ranked pretty much wherever you started for however long it takes before you lose, regardless of what your schedule looks like. So, you know, Illinois might be, I'm just throwing random things out, Mm -hmm. 10 spots better than Ohio State right now, but because Ohio State beat Duke and Illinois lost to Cincinnati in the same week, then that's, it's just, they're not going to look even until much later when things sort of play themselves out. But I will say the one thing for Michigan State is they have had a pretty good schedule. I think Loyola was a top 30 win. They beat UConn, which was a top 30 win. They played Baylor, which is number one, obviously, right now. Pretty close for most of the game. So, I mean, it's not like they just ran through cupcakes. Um, but I think both Michigan State and Ohio State still have, I guess, a question mark that I wouldn't put over Illinois or Purdue right now. Although, to be fair, Purdue has their own question marks just because they haven't looked good. But, you know, Ohio State is still lacking that sort of <clears throat> takeover point guard. Now they had it the other night with this guy. I don't even know what his name is. It's like Branham or something. I'd never even heard of him. And he had like 33 against Nebraska. Uh, I, I just feel like Michigan State and Ohio State are both still missing a piece. And I don't know necessarily what that piece would be, but it just feels like when it really comes down to it, gun to my head right now, I'm going Illinois, Purdue, Michigan State, Ohio State for top four. In that order or just in any order in the top four? <laughs> Uh, yeah, let's go with that order. Why not? Yeah, well, I, I'll, I'll say this. With Michigan State, there's two guys that scare the crap out of me, and that is uh, Gabe Brown and I think it's Marcus Bingham, the two, the two tweeners that are basically like six yep. foot eight, and they can do everything. And it just seems like Tom Izzo perpetually has these guys at their freshman year. They're just And Bingham is still scrawny, but he's he's got more strength than his his appearance would tell you. And they're just matchup nightmares that that it just seems he has every single year. And it's guys like that that even though Michigan State on paper doesn't scare me as much as previous Michigan State teams, they have actually become, after the marquee win that Underwood got his second year, they've been a bugaboo for Illinois along with Maryland. Every other Big Ten team Illinois does great against. I think you have your longest losing streak other than Maryland to them. Yeah, and I, we need to get off the uh, proverbial schneid against those, those two guys. They're the team that you play right after those two home games, which we thought would be the biggest. Then you go at Maryland, then you come back home for Michigan State. So funny enough, we you know we were thinking maybe that Michigan game is the biggest. Well, it might be Michigan State at home like 10 days later. Not not to get people too excited, but if you go 4-0 in that stretch, Isaac, you're winning the Big Ten title. I mean, I, I think that's all there is to it. If you win that four-game stretch of Michigan-Purdue at home and then go on the road to Maryland and then come back home and beat Michigan State, you get through that gauntlet 4-0, I'm just, it's over. I think that's all they need. And, and Because the schedule will have some landmines throughout the way, but that seems to be the toughest four-game stretch. Yeah, and I don't have, obviously, the schedule's in front of me, and I know Illinois is going to drop one or two that they shouldn't, but, I mean, the Big Ten's going to be tough and competitive, so everybody else, if you think, about it like 
if you do beat Michigan State and Maryland and beat Purdue on Martin Luther King Day, all the other Big Ten teams are going to be playing each other too and playing on the road, and they're going to get some losses too. So as long as you avoid, I mean, a really bad stretch of three or four games, especially starting off 3-0 and like this, then you, Michigan State, and Ohio State are just so far ahead of everyone else, especially Purdue, which I think is going to come around. Hopefully Michigan stays where they are. The team that surprises me and ticks me off the most, which obviously we all know got the win last night, is Wisconsin. <laughs> I know. Because it feels like, every, I mean, a few years ago, they were supposed to be, what, like middle of the pack, and they ended up winning. That was when, or yeah, two years ago, um, the the COVID year, when COVID ended the year, and Wisconsin somehow ended up getting a share of the title, and they just came out of nowhere. So I would add them maybe to my mix of weird teams that's somehow going to find themselves around the top, but Starting off 3-0 and is is very helpful. When you have a guy like Johnny Davis who's playing at All-American level, which, go figure, that this guy that last year was a bit player on Wisconsin all of a sudden is averaging like 25 points a game and averaging 30 when they play good teams. It's, it's pretty insane. But I, I, he does not bother me like a lot of Wisconsin guys uh, in the past. He reminds me a bit more of like a Devin Harris or Orlando Tucker didn't bother me all that much either. Um, more as a coach when he gets a technical when he's John with uh, DeMonte Williams last year. <laughs> but no, as I look at that Wisconsin team, uh, Trevor, they, yes, they're going to be annoyingly in the top four or top five of the Big Ten as they seem to always find their way. But I think last night was much more an indictment of Purdue than some sort of amazing uh, achievement for Wisconsin. When you have all your bigs foul out and you got Edie, and Travion Williams, and you can't... They had a 10-point lead against Wisconsin in that second half, and they just let him hang around and played crap basketball. Purdue does not defend, and I think it was a bigger indictment of them. They will go as Johnny Davis goes, I think, more or less. I would agree with you that, especially in that second half... By the way, terrible and one. I don't know why that was an and one. Grandison clearly like grabbed the guy 10 feet before he made the shot, but whatever. Um they will go as Johnny Davis goes. He's by far their best player. If they don't have him, I don't even think they're close to being a tournament team. But to your point, I would agree with you last night. I mean, Purdue goes up, I think it was like 50 to 42, mm-hmm. I want to say. And at that point, it's like, okay, well, thanks for coming out, Wisconsin. And the fact that they were able to weather that storm with their big guys fouling out against like the tallest player in college basketball. I mean, all the credit in the world to Wisconsin, but if you're Purdue, how do you lose at home in that scenario? I mean, you that can't. just doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't. And that costs you a Big Ten title. I mean, it might, oh, Kofi with a big slam. Nice feed from DeMonte. So 70 to 46, 420 to go here in the second half. I would imagine after this next media timeout, we'll uh, get some fresh legs in there. And you know what I like about this, Isaac, is we worried about maybe the COVID fatigue in this first game back. It doesn't seem to be an issue. Um, but on top of that, the fact that you can – look at this game and say, we didn't expend all of our energy and you have a game less than 48 hours later. I, I like how this shakes out. Oh yeah, I do too. You haven't, it, it looks like you just played a couple days ago against Mizzou and are just sort of keeping pace. And I, I sort of feared too, regardless of the COVID, like you went and you got that hype win against Mizzou and you just beat the brakes off of them. So you almost are expecting not only a COVID fatigue, but maybe a little bit of a, trap game or an off game because if you played so well you beat your rival for the first time in a few years and also too weird illinois minnesota thing remember a few years ago when you only won 11 games and you had that four game win streak in the big 10 i believe Mm -hmm. one of your wins was minnesota at home and you beat them by like 30 and i think they ended up making the tournament i could be wrong but again they just Illinois is Minnesota's kryptonite recently for some reason, even when bad, even when Illinois was bad. You know what? Back in the day when you guys were young whippersnappers back in the early 2000s, it was, uh, you know, Minnesota, the coach then was Dan Munson and he came from Gonzaga. He was there before Mark Few and there was one, maybe one other guy between them. Uh, But anyways, Dan Munson was one of those guys that kind of like a John Gross. He perpetually won 19 games and lost 12 and he made uh, one tournament for every two that he missed. But yet they were a tougher out, and it was two years in a row when Illinois won at Minnesota to secure back-to-back championships, and both of those games were slogs. Um, then there was the era where they had, was it Rickert? Rick Rickert, I think, was a big guy they had. Um, just Minnesota, Trevor, is such a weird basketball program. Even the Tubby Smith era, they had the like top five team for a bit with Mbakwe and somebody else. But they never really felt like a threat, and, and I don't know what it is about Minnesota basketball. that Even when they're really good, they just don't instill a lot of fear 
Well, I was just going to say basically the same thing. And you pointed out the Tubby Smith thing. Finally, after like what felt like eight straight years of finishing, uh, I don't know, six in the Big Ten with Trevor and Bakwe, wasn't it the year that they won two games and got to the Sweet 16 that they then fired Tubby Smith? I'd have to check that. If it was that year, or if the, it was definitely a tournament appearance. Definitely a tournament appearance. I, then they won with a, I felt a, like it was a tournament appearance and a win over like, I'm, I'm making it up, Kentucky, like like a good win over UCLA or something. And then they just fired him. And I thought, wait a minute, he finally broke through and now you fire him? They're just a weird, I don't know. They're just weird. I, mm-hmm. I would rather almost be last in the Big Ten for three years and then competing for a title than perpetually competing for fifth place. They are perpetual the John Gross era on repeat. That's that's Minnesota basketball. And like you you would John Gross would have eventually found his way to a few tournaments and and but you would have just felt like, eh, what's the point? And if you're Minnesota, I, I think this Ben Johnson guy is an interesting hire and he may he may end up working well for them, but boy, uh that early non conference record was a little bit of a mirage. I know Illinois is playing well tonight, but Minnesota, there's not a lot there. Uh, real quick, guys, going to hit one more sponsor, State Farm Agent Brian Hansen. Online at brianismyguy.com for life, auto, home, business renters, you name it. Brian is my guy, and he can be your guy as well. So go online to brianismyguy.com. Their staff will help you with whatever your insurance needs may be. Seamless process. Karen and I got the homeowners in auto with great State Farm prices and excellent customer service to boot. That is brianismyguy.com. Yeah, Trevor? Yeah, so just to follow up, it was the 2012 Minnesota team with, let's see, Mbakwe, Welch. Uh, I'm trying to think who we would even... Austin Hollins was on that team. Yep. Anyways, he, they get the furthest in the tournament that they've ever gotten under Tubby Smith. They beat UCLA, who was a six seed, as an 11 seed. And then they lost the next game to Florida. Anyways, the point is simply that the furthest he took them was the year that he was then fired, which is just odd. Uh, a couple things here on the Twitch stream. I can. It's very small type on my phone, so that's what I'm reading on the chat feed. This is from uh, Stephen Colbert. Wow, we got celebrities listening to the podcast. Stephen says that uh, he says, "Remember when Tubby Smith crashed a motorcycle into Midnight Madness at his next job? Was that Texas Tech? Where did he go after Minnesota? Yeah, he went Texas Tech, and then he went Memphis. Memphis, and then done. Right? I mean, he's retired. I think at this point. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, all right. Do we have an update on the Michigan score? I'm kind of curious. Let's see. Are they losing by as much as Minnesota is to Illinois? That's the question. No. <laughs> it is uh, 63-53 with five minutes to go, Rutgers. God, their offense stinks, guys. And what I don't this is what's weird about Ken Palm is okay, Trent Frazier three is no good. So it's a 22-point Illinois lead right now. The lineup BBV gets his first tick of the night, but I think that's because Omar Payne was playing pretty well. BBV, Trent, Luke Goody, RJ Melendez, and Brandon Podjimski. So Trent is the lone veteran. Or I guess BBV, you could maybe consider him a veteran. Uh, this is a long three from Minnesota. It is up. It is no good. And a rebound to Podjimski. All right, guys, uh, with three minutes to go, this is an impressive start to 2022 for Illinois. It feels like basically a continuation of the Missouri game. And just like the Missouri game, there was one stretch where, you know, for four minutes you didn't look good. And that was it. So I guess the question is, Isaac, is this team right now ahead of where last team's last year's team was on January 4th? I feel like you have to say yes. Now, I wouldn't say this year's team is better, but they're right. probably playing better right now than you were at the same time last year. And this was almost identical to the Mizzou game because I think your bad stretch against Mizzou came towards the end of the first half as you just give up a couple easy breakaways but yeah whatever (laughs) again i don't i don't think this team is better than last year from a talent standpoint but the way you're shooting the three ball and the way kofi i mean this year's kofi dominates last year's kofi i think just when it comes to assisting the ball and making the right decision i don't know who would guard io on this year's team um and you're still missing that four spot coleman hawkins is, is still not there but when it comes to just chemistry and you're playing hot, shooting the three ball well, and Kofi's playing his best basketball, yeah, I think you're in a better spot than you were at the beginning of 2021. Do either of you guys have the box score handy? Because I was going to mention the three-point shooting tonight, Trevor, does not seem like we've been lights out. Um, I mean, and granted, 70 points for Illinois in the last month is not the highest output. This has really been more Minnesota can't score in the second half. But uh, yeah. You I, are six. 
six for 14, 42%. But I mean, coming off of appearances where you made, what, 15 and 18 to have yeah. six is, yeah. You know what I like about that, Trevor, is it seems like the game plan adjusted to, okay, well, Kofi will be unstoppable, so just muck it up down low and get yours and, and beat them like they are right now. Well, the one thing we were kind of previewing the game on radio, the one thing Minnesota does well is they're second in the country in three-point defense, and the one thing they don't do well is rebounding and interior defense. So whoever was doing the scouting report was clearly paying attention because it shows that you were able to uh, adjust to their weakness and your strengths. And that's sort of something that I was just kind of wanting to hit on with you guys that I'm curious is mm -hmm. like, it feels like things are gelling so well from a flow perspective right now that I'm curious to see what happens when Andre comes back. You know, I'm actually not as worried about that, Trevor, because I do think you're in an advantageous position where when he comes back, it's going to be in short spurts. And, and part of that is the nature of his injury, but part of that is because you can afford to have him just be the point guard off the bench that only has to facilitate. I mean, you know, he'll get his. In the pick-and-roll game, he'll have some easy layups that come to him. But he doesn't have to shoot it. And I think just the mental part of it, Isaac, that you know, early on we saw the pressure that Andre felt at the Marquette game to be Io. And that was just a disaster for him. Well, I just think that, uh, Isaac, I'm less concerned about him coming back um, because he's going to be asked to really just be a point guard and nothing else. And I think that that'll work for him. Yeah. And I was just, it's funny. I was just about to say, you're probably not going to see pods very much anymore. Cause that's where pods has been playing a lot more the past few games. And I'm assuming Corbello is going to obviously eat up those minutes as he just finished with a nice layup, but Corbello is going to eat those minutes and you're not going to expect as much from him. Just like last year, hopefully if we can get last year, Corbello where the whole team is not you know weighted on his shoulders and he can just go out and do what he does best and make plays and I do really think that's what you're missing right you're lethal from the three-point line and Kofi's just absolutely dominant inside Curbelo is so good at getting people open and he's so good at breaking dudes down around the three-point line and then getting it inside I think and, and there was a holy last crap year guys really good I, from I'm sorry Isaac there was a move Ooh. by Melendez yeah, that was Holy nice. crap. And by the way, great pass from Pods. Yeah. Okay, way to go, freshman. But yeah, Isaac, keep. I, I hate to interject there, but no, I, no, I, I think I, you're right. I was just going to say, I, I think the one, the last thing I'll say, the one thing you've been missing is shots between the paint and the three-point line, right? And I think Curbelo creates a lot more separation and space for those shots. I'm just curious because... Right now, it's odd, but your tempo is actually really slow. Like against Arizona, you kept wanting to slow it down, which is the opposite of Curbelo. And that's, again, I'm, I'm nowhere near suggesting, like, I'm not trying to galaxy brain this. Are you better without your second best player? Like, no, <laughs> you're clearly not. I'm not trying to suggest that you are. I'm just curious how, and Carp, I think to your point, that sort of eases any potential worry I have is the idea that he'll come off the bench and not be required to do much or be asked to do um, a starter's load, at least right off the bat. Now, does it worry me a little bit that suddenly, like, let's say, let's say he's cleared for Michigan, right? And you've got a nice tempo working. Granison's hitting threes. Then he comes in and he's just like whirling dervish Tasmanian devil again. That would frustrate me. Mm -hmm. But the hope would be that they're able to implement him once he's fully healthy in a way that I guess sort of stems that tie to your point. Yeah. I think that uh, the good news is this. If there are those whirling dervish moments early for a guy coming off of a head injury, I think you'll see not very minutes early on. I think it will be a process, but uh, what is so fun to think about on January 4th is the ceiling for this team is still untapped. Like right now we have to be honest, Trevor, they're playing like a top 15 team, if not a top 10 team in the nation. Um, the one loss was Arizona. And yes, that was frustrating at the end of it, but I, I think Arizona's worthy of that ranking. We could look back on that and say that was a heavyweight matchup between two top 10 teams. Um, I, I've harped on this, Trevor, that I think it's a top 15 team for sure. But by God, um, this offense, as this game winds to a close, and Illinois will win 76-53. to 53, And now the defense is starting to shore up a bit. Um, this, this program just feels like a machine right now, Trevor. And I can't believe I'm saying that six weeks after I had to take a week-long break from them. After those, uh, after the Cincinnati game, I just couldn't do it. I I still haven't watched Kansas State. I was just relying on, on Isaac's text for that one. So Me too. I'm, I'm right there with you. I think it says a lot about 
the growth of this team. And I hate that we once again had to do it, right? Because it feels like this was like the third or fourth straight year where things start out rocky and you're going like, what the hell's going on? And then a month or two in, you're like, man, think about where we were last month. So now I don't know why it takes that to get there. But now that we are once again there, I am more than happy to be there, if that makes sense. And I think tonight... I don't really have a complaint. I, I legitimately yeah. don't. I don't know what went wrong in that game. I don't either. And after 13 days, Isaac, that's impressive. And uh, Isaac, to Trevor's point there, I'm thinking, uh, you know, I will gladly trade two random ass non-conference losses against the likes of Cincinnati and Marquette for the two game stretch last year. That was the most frustrating was when you lost at home to Ohio State and Maryland. That was when I don't think any of us were sure where the season was going and I don't know. The, the optimism is just uh, pouring out of me right now, Isaac. This is this is a really good team, and I, I don't see any signs of them. I don't see many teams that can actually slow them down from doing, in the Big Ten at least, from what they do best. I remember, it feels like just yesterday, doing the podcast in your basement in the Cincinnati game, obviously how terrible that was. Oh. And that feels like yesterday. So the fact that you've been able to turn it around, that's the beautiful thing about basketball. And the beautiful thing about college basketball is how fast it can turn around and how you can get on a heater and just make you easily forget about, you know, terrible turnovers. And I think, Carb, you said this a couple weeks ago, considering the rest of the season plays out well and you finish top of the Big Ten and, you know, you make the tournament as a top four or five seed, this is probably Underwood's best coaching performance yeah. because he really it's hard to tell, you know, with with Io and obviously Belichick and Tom Brady's a little bit different, but Io and Underwood, um, in in Illinois fans' eyes. So you get rid of Io, he leaves. And now what's what's Underwood gonna do? Is he gonna put the pieces together? And I think the Curbello thing at the beginning was weird. Um, and that that was just probably something that was kind of hard to coach and finding guys in the right spots. But this is this has been super impressive. And the, the one thing I'll say with Curbelo, I hope I think the, my biggest concern for that is not his play and him giving you solid 10, 15 minutes. It's how does a guy who was expected to be this all-American freak, um, how does he transition to being expected to only play, you know, 10 or 15 minutes? It's it's that interesting um line that he's gonna have to walk. I think that by the end of the season, Curbelo will be Every bit, or I should say can be, every bit of the guy he was at the end of last year. And if you recall, that was more of a 25-minute-a-game 20, guy. Did not start even at the very tail end of it, if I recall. And But he was in the closing five. He would be out there at the end of games. Um, I, I think it's exciting to think about that being gradually worked in. And um, what a nice position to be in where all of a sudden it's like you're 3-0 and in the Big Ten. And guys, we'd have to look back. The last time this team was 3-0, and you might have to go back to, uh, I don't know, I mean, D. Brown, probably. Maybe John Gross had it with Maryland at home and Nebraska on the road. So, I mean, you're putting yourself in a really good position to be legitimately two games up on what you thought would be your biggest. I mean, you are two games up now on what you thought would be your biggest competition, and then you are going to face them at home, potentially undefeated in Big Ten play as Rutgers is up 11 with a minute left. So Michigan will fall to one wow. and two. So, I mean, <laughs> the idea that the, the idea that, and I'm not counting Michigan as the contender now, but the idea that you would be two games up on the two teams that it seemed like were your biggest competition, not only in the sense that they've fallen, but you've risen from where everyone was a month ago. I mean, what a six week span, right? From, from Cincinnati and Michigan being ranked fifth and Purdue first Insane. to now. Yeah, like you said b before in this podcast, Trevor, no complaints. I, I There's nothing I can point at tonight and say, grr, you know what I mean? And, and if I did, I would be totally nitpicking. That was just a really good road win after a long break. Um, you somehow weathered the COVID storm maybe earlier than other teams, and you're just as good as you were 12 days ago, if not better. So uh, exciting stuff. Guys, I know we were on Zoom tonight. Um, I... It might just be a few weeks here before this, you know, whatever this Omicron stuff is. It was kind of crazy in the schools today. And um, I think, though, by the time we get to February, we'll be right back down here doing what we uh, enjoy doing in person in the stretch run. But um, I, I appreciate you guys joining me tonight. So, Isaac, uh, are you going to the game on Thursday? It is IO night. I know IO is your guy. So I would assume you'd be there. 
Oh yeah, I'm I'm going Thursday. I'm hoping it's sold out. And unfortunately, right, this is the first game where they're going to be um, checking everybody's COVID status, and it's going to be like negative Freezing. two degrees. So <laughs> um, I'm gonna gonna layer up and go stand in line and um, hopefully get there as soon as I can from work. But yeah, this will be the next the next bugaboo to get off your shoulders with Maryland. So I'm hoping that hoping that you can easily win this game and that none of the um, sort of weird voodoo that Maryland's had against you sticks around. Trevor, are you going to the game on Thursday? Well, between radio being here till 6, which is when uh, the game tips yeah. off, and then the line, I will be going, but I'm not going to, I guess, go out of my way to make sure I get there extra early. Maybe I'll try to play it late and hope that everybody's already gone through the line as opposed to early. But yes, I do plan... And hopefully going. All right. Excellent. Well, guys, thank you so much for joining us on Zoom tonight. And like I said, we'll get back to the normal thing sooner rather than later. But for the time being, uh, hey, it feels like feels like 2021 back in here. Uh, we, we had some success on the Zoom pods last year, but uh, I'm looking forward to having just as much success when you guys get back here. So, Isaac, Trevor, have a good night, guys. Appreciate it. All right. So that's Isaac Ambrose and Trevor Valise joining us on Zoom tonight. And yeah, I mean. Ah, COVID. Um, you know, what can you do? Again, I, I have never felt happier to see a team have 10 cases after Christmas than this Illinois team. The fact that they did what they did tonight after all of that uh, speaks volumes for how good this team is right now. Um, I, I've been harping on the top 15. That's where I kind of think they are. I don't know, guys. Um, this is a really dangerous team. And I think every everything that I was harping on before the season, and it might have felt like hyperbole, oh, I think they're going to be better than last year. Well, right now on January 4th of 2022, they're better than they were January 4th of 2021. That is not to say that they're going to be a one seed, that they're going to go 16-4 and four in the Big Ten. In the last pot, I predicted 14-6. and six. I still think that's about right. But it turns out in this Big Ten, with Purdue starting 1-2 and two and losing a home game already, uh, with Michigan being out of the picture... 14 and 6 might be enough. And 15 and 5, I think, would almost certainly do it. So they control their own destiny at 3 0. I know it's only three games in, but what a spot to be in where you can start 5 0 and be feeling really good going into those two marquee home matchups. Uh, Twitch feed, I'm sorry I wasn't able to interact more with you. I had to, for buffering reasons, turn it off on my computer tonight. Um, but I appreciate all the folks uh, tuning in. Um, throughout the evening, we had, I think, about 40 different uh, unique users and at any given time, about 20 hanging out for the long haul. So I appreciate that. Um, thank you guys for that. Um, and actually, on Thursday night, I may be back here. I actually plan on being back here, uh, giving the pair of tickets to another couple people. Um, and for one, it's going to be cold. <laughs> I know. Get over a carp. For another, it's going to be uh, that early tip. It's just really tough with getting off of school and getting everything ready to go in time to go the game. And then for the other, and this is what's so stupid. How do you operate in this Omicron variant? Uh, some family members of mine came down with it, um, and it's just it's hitting closer to home now. And I so badly want to ensure that I'm at Michigan and Purdue. So as much as I would like to be there for Maryland, I may just say, hey, you know what? I'm going to stay warm. I'll be in the basement, do the Twitch feed, and be, hopefully, fingers crossed, healthy as can be for the huge weekend that's coming up next weekend. So I don't know. There's no right answer. Um, it's going to be a fun night, though, for those who do go. And Io, I'm sure, will get a hero's welcome as he deserves. What a night for Illinois sports, though, revenue sports. You get Illinois winning on the road by 23 to start 3-0 in the Big Ten for the first time, I would assume, since D. Brown. And then Illinois football will be looking for a new offensive coordinator. I, it's not that I'm happy that someone got fired, but as an Illini sports fan, that's a good night. So I hope that you guys enjoyed it as well. And now it's just eight o'clock right now as we're signing off here on the 200 level and I can go watch some TV with my wife and, and chill out. And I love these early tip offs. I love them. All right. So let's see here. Um, looking at the Twitch feed, it looks like Rutgers. I, I need to switch to that here. Yeah, they're still up seven, it looks like, with 30 seconds to go. So they will get that win. Man, Michigan, I don't know what to tell you. Knowing some Michigan fans now that we have family up in uh, up in the Ann Arbor area, I don't hate Michigan as much as I used to, but Jawan Howard just 
inspires this vitriol from me. And I kind of like it. It's kind of fun. All right, before we get out of here, a quick reminder, the 200 level is brought to you by DPDO online at dpdo.com for all the best deals and prices, dpdo.com. Also, 4th and Kirby online at 4th and Kirby.com for all your vintage inspired Illini apparel, 4th and Kirby.com. Rector Construction online at R-E-C-T-O-R-Construction.com for all your home exterior projects. Get a free estimate today at rectorconstruction.com. And finally, State Farm agent Brian Hansen online at brianismyguy.com. Life, auto, home, business renters, you name it, Brian is my guy, and he can be your guy at brianismyguy.com. For Alana Inquirer and the Champagne Showers Podcast Network, for Trevor Valise and Isaac Ambrose joining via Zoom, we'll be back to it normally uh, sooner rather than later. And to you, the listeners and the, the Twitch streamers, uh, thank you guys for joining us for our first live reaction podcast of 2022 the first of many and what a fun one that was that was just unadulterated fun i really enjoyed that i hope you did as well in the meantime stay safe stay healthy and i assume that we'll see you right back on the twitch stream on thursday evening see everybody it is the 200 level